Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Authentic Filters, where topics are real, relevant, and the call to action is needed. Moral beliefs are being tested every day, so if we want to see change, let's stand united and demand that change happens. My name is Lisa. And my name is Anthony. Let's Let's get get into it. it. to another episode on Authentic Filters. This is episode two, and today we have a lot to talk about. We're going to touch on Anthony, the Kim and Pete split. You know, that's kind of fizzling out, but I, I definitely want to weigh in on mm-hmm. that. Um, we're also going to pivot and talk about the teacher shortage. You know, kids are going back to school. I believe kids started going back to school last week, and your sister starts going back this week. Then I also want to talk about the student loans. That whole student loan extension is getting ready to expire at the end of this month. So, of course, that impacts both you and I. (laughs) So, (laughs) let's go ahead and get right into it. All right. So, let's talk about the whole Kim and Pete. How old is Pete? I forget. He's like 28. No, he's not. I think he's like... Well, he could have been 28 because she was four, she's 41. So Kim age? is 41. He could be under 30. But I knew, I do know there was a nice age gap between those two. And I was like, I don't know how this relationship is going to work because mm-hmm. that age gap was pretty big. No, it says he's 28. So he's 28. Wow. Okay, so here's the thing. I mentioned this before and I'll say it again. I am a huge Kim fan. You know, she's a, you know, you and I both agree she's smart. Obviously, she, there's some talent there because she wouldn't have got as far as she's gotten in, in, in her career like she is right now. But, you know, leaving Kanye to go date Pete. My take on that was I kind of felt from my perspective because there was a certain type of guy she was attracted to, obviously. But then you have to think about her status and you have to think about just her lifestyle and she's got four kids to me it seemed like she decided to say you know what let me kind of just lower my standards a little bit maybe i'm being too picky and maybe i'm being too uppity let Hmm. me just lower my standards let me let me try something different and let's see how that's gonna work they look like the oddest couple ever I felt when she was dating him, she was really kind of changing her look and her image as well. Because it seemed like she was kind of becoming more of the punk rock. What, what's up with the blonde hair? And then she, she had... She's had blonde hair in the past. She's had blonde hair. And don't get me wrong, she was rocking it for several months. But with this whole look, she, she looks different because... Wait a minute. She's got this blonde hair. She's on this extreme diet to where she's lost a lot of weight. She's looking kind of palish. She just looks different. Then there was one photo I saw of her. She had all these piercings, even though they probably wasn't real piercings. But she had piercings that looked like just everywhere. And it's like, so what is she trying to become? What I'm trying to figure out. It could have just been a photo shoot. But here's the thing about celebrity in general is you can be whoever and have an opinion about somebody that's in the public spotlight, but you're never going to really know what a relationship is like. We're never going to really know what the relationship was like between Kim and Kanye, which obviously from what has come out and the antics that he's been pulling, 
it wasn't a healthy one. So yeah. if they needed to break up and they needed to break up, yada, yada, yada. Maybe she found a connection with Pete and wanted to try something different, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think you made great points there. So it's not for me to judge because, I mean, guys do it all the time. You have old, older guys in their 40s and 50s dating these 20-year-olds. True. And who's, and who's to say that that's, that's right? That's, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. That don't sometimes last either. No, it doesn't. It's just something, I guess, for them to do just, you know, during that season. I don't know. But let's go back to the whole Kim and Pete. My take on it was, and it still is, is, okay, so you was only with him for nine months. And you got to understand something. At one time, I was a single parent with you. She is somewhat a single parent because she's she's not married anymore. She's a single parent with four kids. The issue is, as a woman and you have kids, we tend to move very strategically and smart. Because we don't want to have anybody around our kids. And I think she, I, I'm sure she's the same way because it took her a while to introduce her kids to him. Mm-hmm. However, but you did. And then shortly after that, you kind of go your own way. But now, it was amicable. It, which is a good thing. It was amicable, but at the same token, it's over. So the next person she meets is kind of like you got to do this whole dance again. You got to be st- smart. You got to be strategic. You got to see, okay, assess, is this relationship going to go anywhere? Oh, it, it seems like it's going to go somewhere. Let me possibly introduce you to my kids. Well, there's a couple things. One, Pete had his own personal issues. But number two, when you've got an ex like Kanye with the crazy following that he has, and he's doing all of these cyberbullying things yeah. to, to Pete or whoever, mm-hmm. it's going to make it hard for someone like Kim to date anybody because if you got someone that's going to continue to be a harasser mm-hmm. and an antagonizer because he doesn't want to see her happy with anybody else, I think she's just going to have, unless she gets some type of restraining order against Kanye, if it ever gets to that point, she's just going to have this issue moving forward for whoever know, whoever knows how long. And that could be the case, or it just could have been just good old Pete. Because here's the thing, there were some things that Pete was saying to Kanye that yeah. was was inappropriate and he probably shouldn't have been saying. My whole thing on that was, I knew that relationship wasn't going to last. They just seemed like they were just, it, it, was, it, it, it wasn't just the age, it was just something else. I just kept sensing like, I don't see this lasting, I don't yeah. see this going anywhere. <laughs> and I don't know how the relationship was between those two, but... As just kind of like a fan of Kim's and, and, and just knowing how she normally moves, right. you know, in a public eye, I thought, girl, what the... I think, like, you sh- you said she wanted to try something different. I don't know. But, honestly, I'm kind of glad that relationship is over with. So, she can kind of go and do her thing, focus on her, her skin business, and then good old Pete can go and do his thing. And wish him well. But I just felt like that was just a bad kind of hook up any way. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all going to have our own opinions of stuff. But at the end of the day, Kim's going to date whoever she wants to date. And that's just what it is. All right. Let's talk about this teacher shortage. This is scary. You know, school started last week for a lot of kids. Definitely on the Kansas side. School is going to start next week for kids on the Missouri. No, actually, it starts this week for kids on the Missouri side. Now, usually Missouri's ahead of Kansas. Yeah, but they're not. They start actually, I think, Tuesday. Now, your sister 
since she's going to be doing um, virtual learning, she starts on Wednesday. But this whole school, this teacher shortage is just, I don't know what's going on. So let's kind of, let me give you some stats on this. I was actually listening to, I think it was CNN, and they were talking about the teacher shortage in the United States. And there is around 282,000 openings. So you equate that to all the schools in the United States with that shortage of staffing mm-hmm. on board. But it's not, it's not just that. It, it goes a step further. 83% of bus drivers, they're short on that as well. Do they say why they're short on those numbers? Or yeah. On those, so definitely from, from the teacher standpoint, I think due to COVID, a lot of the teachers decided to take their early retirement and just kind of just walk away. I'm not sure a lot of these teachers, this was their passion. They enjoyed doing what they're doing. But when the world shut down and... You know, they had to really sit and evaluate their, their lives and their loved ones' lives and trying to protect their, their homes. They decided to go ahead and just, you know, do an early retirement. And nothing's wrong with that. But the issue that I have as a parent is, so now you have all these openings. These schools are trying to, they're scrambling to figure out what to do because now they don't have enough teachers. And the teachers they do have... They're actually consolidating classrooms. So you're going to have more, the ratios mean more students to, to, to teachers. Well, then I'm going to play the devil's advocate because I understand, even though I don't have kids, I've got a little sister. I understand that parents are concerned. But at the same token, it's like hindsight 2020 when you're complaining that you're having to homeschool your kid, which I imagine that was tough. And how you want, you know, your kid to be back in the school. They need to open up the schools, yada, yada, yada. My kid doesn't want to wear a mask. Then don't complain when a teacher says, you know what? I don't need to do this anymore. Don't complain when they start consolidating classrooms. When you're the one that was trying to get your kid back into the school. When you're the one that was trying to keep the mask out Mm -hmm. of schools. And then when teachers who have the right to say, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Leave. And then, and then look at things now. So you can't get an attitude now when there's a teacher shortage, mm-hmm. when you were, you know, gung-ho on getting your kid back into the school prematurely and then throwing a pissy fit when they wanted to keep the mask in place. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. A lot of those parents that was actually going to those town hall meetings, being very vocal, a lot of them don't even have jobs. They just want, they didn't want to deal with their kids 24 hours a day at home. So they want their kids to go back to school while they go to the, to, to, to the gym. Yeah. So whatever. But getting back to this, let, let's kind of go a step further. One thing about, you know, the teachers, that's always been really to me a thankless job. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that it is because when you think about it, a teacher A teacher is a person that is not only teaching your kid and educating your kid, but they're also helping your kid become a a better version of themselves, helping them become good people. And so, and and they're like a counselor and they're taking on other responsibilities, Mm -hmm. like a psychiatrist and not all these other responsibilities that 
they really probably shouldn't have been taken on or they didn't know it was going to be in the cards for them. Well, they're really, when you think about it, in addition to the parent who's supposed to be this, they're a part of a kid's foundation mm-hmm. into how they mold themselves, how they grow themselves, and how they navigate and move throughout this world. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about the elephant in the room, which is teachers were not paid what they should have been paid. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, how long do you expect someone to do a job like that? And then you've got increase gun violence you've got all these things that are coming at teachers you've got parents that are disrespecting teachers because they're wanting to keep safety in place in terms of health with the mask in terms of figuring out how to better manage you know these people that are coming into schools with guns etc they've got to protect their own safety as well they can't just be at a school just vulnerable and that is true but then you know and not making any money at it yeah, and then, you know, another teacher, you know, some of those teachers, they get mistreated by their, their students. Mm-hmm. You know, they get beat up, they get disrespected, they get talked to any kind of way. I'm sorry, I couldn't be a teacher. And here's the thing, I love to teach, but not for that kind of salary. Right. A lot of them teachers was making, I think, less than 40000 a year. You In can't, some places, you can't even live on that. You think. can't live off of that because a lot of the teachers, you know, they were interviewing some of the teachers and... They were talking about they had to take their own money to buy supplies. A lot of times they were short on supplies or it could have been maybe some parents didn't have the money to buy supplies for their kids. Mm-hmm. And it's always the funding with these schools. But I, I don't get it when these schools do get funding. I tend to question them, what are y'all doing with that money? That's what I'm, I'm trying to figure out because it's not trickling down to the teachers. Personally, teachers should be making, to me, big money. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, it goes back to what you just said. Teachers' job, teachers become mentors, sponsors. They help mold your child into becoming a good person. And that's how your your child then grows up to be an adult and then goes off to college and end up getting those good jobs. Or whatever they choose to do. Maybe yes. they don't choose to go to college. Um, but at least if they've got a good foundation, uh, yeah. then they can do other things. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I, th- I think, you know, these schools that get funding, I mean, if we keep it local, I don't really know what they're doing in the KC Middle School District because I don't know what type of funding they're getting. And then the funding that they're getting, I don't know what they're doing with that funding because it just doesn't seem like a lot of progress on the education side is being made. It doesn't really seem like a lot of progress. And I'm talking about inner city KC Middle Schools it doesn't seem like a lot of progress on the infrastructure side is being made either. Because when I've driven past some of these schools, it's just like there's so much stuff that they need just from a visual standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from what I hear, obviously I'm not in the school, but mm-hmm. the education isn't quite where it needs to be. Now, some of these private schools, like the prep schools, I, I hear they're doing pretty good on well, the Missouri That's different. Side. I mean, it's private, it's prep. So but not the public. Could, but not the public. So those type of schools, you're going to have probably the top of the top educators in those schools and i'm telling you right now those parents are going to make sure they have the top of the top because they're going to continue to give them sponsorship money making their donation doing whatever they need to do to keep those top teachers in there but talking about the urban schools i actually went to go visit one on the missouri side due to um junior achievement that's actually um one of the organizations that a vp um, that I used to work with um, sponsors. So a group of us went to, to uh, inner city schools, and I was 
blown away. I was blown away from the standpoint of the teachers was doing the best that they could and they was working with what they had. A lot of them a lot of them classrooms didn't have enough seats for the students. Wow, that's not And they were <laughs> that's actually definitely not good. they were working on milk cartons. Like the carts that, Oh yeah. Yeah, the the plastic carts that Damn. hold the milk. They they had a lot of the kids that were in the 5th and 6th grade. I think it went up to 6th grade, but the older kids were sitting on those. But I went to I was actually in like the kindergarten in the first grade and I went to the second grade classroom, but I kind of peeked into the other classrooms and I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. Like where is the money going to? Where is the money going to? Where is you're taxing people? I'm talking to you, Mayor Quentin Lucas. You're taxing these people <laughs> on the Casey Mo side. You're taxing the people that work in Kansas but live in Missouri, the one percent earnings tax or whatever it is. And you guys are developing the mess out of the Power and Light District for oh, people to get pissy drunk on a hot country Thursday night, <laughs> <laughs> which is what they call Dang. it. But you don't want to invest that money. You'd rather put it into an expensive one light, two light, three light, four light apartment building. But you don't want to put it back into the public schools. And that's all you see down there because you know we got a family member that lives down there. And I kid you not. There ain't nothing but apartment after apartment after apartment. They just that, everywhere. That costs buku money. That people can't that afford to live in. People can't afford to live in unless they've got one, two, <laughs> three, four roommates or their executives or it's uh, like a apartment that they fly in for if, if they live out of state. But it's like you could be using that money to do so many other things in addition to developing the downtown area. That's just, that's not what KCMO is specifically. It's not just downtown high rises. It's the people that live, mm -hmm. i.e. on the east side of downtown, mm -hmm. on the northeast side of downtown, on the southeast side of downtown, which gets neglected a whole bunch. It's the public schools that are down mm -hmm. there. Yeah, but then, you know, a lot of the schools, they end up closing down. I, yeah. I remember several years ago, it seemed like it was always a school closing down. What the heck? Mm -hmm. Then the kids that was going to that school, then where'd you outsource them to? It's like, it goes back go to when, you, when they get this funding... They need to know how to allocate it. They're not they're not allocating this money accordingly. They're not doing what's right for everyone. And they're just not and it got it goes back to what I've said many times before, the leadership. You got folks in these leadership positions that they don't know what they're doing. They shouldn't be they, they shouldn't have no oversight on things at that magnitude. They just cause they have no clue. They're right. clueless. But at the end of the day, you know, somebody needs to step up and figure this thing out. Because if not, the nosebleed is going to continue on. It's like a snowball effect. It's going to continue to roll down. And it's not going to get to the point to where they're not going to be able to stop the nosebleed. If I didn't give you stats before, let me give you stats again. 282,000 teachers that they are short on in the U.S. 282,000, that's almost 300,000 teachers. Well, when you think about it, that's a big number, but there's millions upon millions of people. I don't know how many kids specifically, if they've got the numbers on how many kids are currently between the ages of X and X mm -hmm. in school in the U.S., but 200,000 people, I mean, there's more people than that in our our city. There's like 500,000 in Oldman Park alone. Dude, we're talking, okay, but so do, but do, but do the, it, well, it's, 
is it is just in the United States. So uh, all the states in our country. <laughs> but at the same token, to me, that number is severe. It is because one teacher should be teaching X amount of students. Yeah, I think the ratio is for every one teacher, there is, I think, between 22 to 25 students. Right. So now with this teacher shortage... And they're consolidating rooms. I don't even want to know what them classrooms look like. Because yeah. that, because it, it's scary. It, it's really scary. And then let's kind of also talk about, you know, they're saying, well, they're trying to come up with some solutions. And the solutions they, they're coming up with, I don't agree with. That's the reason why I'm doing e-learning with your sister. But they're putting out there um, saying, like a lot of superintendents are saying, well, you know, we're opening up, you know, um, really kind of the, the application registration to just anyone that want to uh, come and teach. Okay, so what you have done is you are lowering your standards because teachers actually have to be certified to actually go teach. Mm -hmm. Unless you're going to be maybe a sub. I, don't, I think if you work on your certification, then yeah, you can go teach. But now you're desperate to where you're saying that if you don't have your certification, it's fine, you can come teach. But you're going to have to go get it later. I don't really see that much of an incentive there because if you put out there, oh, I can come teach your, your, your students and I don't have to have a certification, okay, then I'm going to go do that. But at the same token, do we as parents know how much education these folks have? I imagine they do some type of vetting process. They're just not well, pulling I hope anybody so. and everybody out the street. So you got to at least know the subject matter that you're I hope so. teaching. I hope that they know the subject matter. I hope they have education themselves. I hope that they're doing a thorough background check. Right. They're even uh, calling up on parents to come and help out as well. Okay? So, when you say help out, they just want any help. Anything that you can do. As far as being a volunteer. As mm -hmm. far as maybe uh, getting in the kitchen and cooking. As far as being a janitor. Uh, just anything. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I don't agree with that. So, what kind of vetting process are you doing on that are you doing a thorough background check I would hope so. it's, it's just too much for yeah. me i mean i think if you if they're hiring people to come help out at the schools step number one is they must do a background check okay so let me just kind of give you a news flash we get volunteers all the time when lauren was going to just regular school public school if a, if a parent wanted to come up there and volunteer all you gotta do is fill out the form they ain't asking for no uh, social security number they just asking for a form for you to just sign and say that you're going to actually go and participate. Okay. And then, bam, boom, you go and participate. Who's to say that something... Well, that if it's more of a I'm permanent position, yeah. If it's more of a permanent position, then they need to. Exactly. They need to. I think for me, lowering the standards, kind of, I understand that there's a desperate need to try to get some help than to be really struggling. I get that. But you guys are going to have to start paying these teachers more money. This whole... Oh, come work for us, and we're gonna give you a thousand dollars sign-on bonus. That ain't nothing. No, How you? Wh what kind of crowd you gonna attract with that? You're not gonna get too many applicants uh, trying to apply for a teacher job with uh, making less than forty thousand a year and a thousand dollars sign-on bonus. It's not even enough to pay one month's rent in most places. A thousand dollars. So. Uh, but then, yeah, because the sign-on bonus is basically a bonus, and you still have to pay 50% taxes on that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not doing what it needs to do. So I agree they need to increase salaries for teachers. They need to listen to their teachers and what they're asking for. 
And then they need to figure out how to better reallocate the funds that they're mm-hmm. receiving, as well as probably have meetings with the governor of whatever their cities are, whoever's in charge of allocating those funds to them so that they can better utilize those resources to give them out to where they need to go, whether it be to teachers, mm-hmm. supplies, mm-hmm. and maybe they hold off on that brand new gymnasium that they really don't need or that brand new football field that they really don't need mm-hmm. but they want for, for looks. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. They're going to have to figure out something because right now everyone's hurting. And, and who's hurting the most are the kids. Right. The kids are hurting because they have, there's a, a teacher shortage. And, and I just can't believe we're even at this point right now to where pretty much COVID, I would have to say, is kind of really at the tail end. I, I'm sure people are still getting COVID, but the numbers have drastically gone down to where a lot of people are just not dying from COVID. Yeah. But, but at the same token, you know, you, you don't have a good policy in place to retain your top talent. Because it hurts when the top ones leave, the good ones. And sometimes you ain't got a whole lot of the good ones at these schools. And those are the ones that you want to keep. You don't want them going into early retirement, especially if they still got another 10 years of teaching inside them. Right. Yeah, that messes things up a lot. All right, you guys. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the bus driver shortage and then hop into the student loans back to the second half of episode two so the bus driver short and it's not funny but the bus driver shortage that's crazy that is crazy because i mean they're saying 83 percent of um bus drivers they're short on that and why are they short well i'm sure it has to be to pay <laughs> they don't, pay. Know, don't they pay nah they do not i know i saw a sign i think around a corner from us I think it was the Durham yeah. uh, school bus drivers. They were only going to pay up to, that's the key word, is the up, up to, to yeah. I think maybe $20. But remember, that's really kind of a part-time job because you, you you get up in the morning. Hit your route. Hit your route, but you're hitting your route in the morning. Then you have a few hours of downtime. Then you might be on call to maybe go pick up some kids if they have a field trip. Right. You never know. Then you go pick up the kids when school's over with. Then you might have a route to where if you're picking up kids for after school to yeah. take it. It just kind of depends, but I, it's not a full, I don't think it's a full-time eight-hour day. I don't think it is either. So it, it's very choppy, and it might work good for maybe folks that are retired that's looking for some pocket change, but... A lot of people are looking for full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. And to only work maybe four hours here, five hours here, and not a full eight to nine hours a day, that's the reason why. Yeah. I think it could be that. I also think it could be, I imagine a number of people probably get nervous on the bus because you never know. I mean, it's not like you have a metal detector Ooh. scanning the kids in their backpacks. You, what they could all, be all you have is this mirror right. up here. 
And I know I had read several articles where students was attacking the drivers. You know that, yeah, that's and they, they can be rude, they can be disrespectful. The, the bus drivers will try to tell them to calm down and sit down. Now, a lot of these, these school bus drivers, they were actually also having a monitor in the back of That's, the bus. Yeah, they probably need that. So, they probably short on drivers. They could be short on monitors. Mm-hmm. They could be short all the way around. Then, folks are tired of driving in horrible driving conditions. Whether the roads are slick and bad whether well let's talk about the buses themselves i've seen some of them buses yeah. a lot of them buses have not been updated and for when i, I was in school yes the yellow orange buses they, they have my not been bring out some new buses well all this money that's that was pumped into the world I don't understand what folks was doing with that money when these, because I'm sure they got money. A lot of people got money. Government was pumping money out everywhere, and definitely they was giving a lot to the schools. I don't care what anybody's mm-hmm. saying. I don't know what folks that was responsible to allocate that money, what they were doing with that money. But obviously, either that money is sitting somewhere or that money is gone. I don't know. But this right here, this is just. I mean, what are parents gonna do? Parents that rely heavily on a school bus to pick up their child to take their child to school and bring them home now they were seeing on the news that one parent she was so mad because i think she had to walk several blocks just to get her kid to the stop when before the school bus would pull up right in front of her house mm-hmm. but with the shortage now you're gonna have to work for it you're gonna have to walk several blocks to get to the next closest bus stop. I think there's room for disruption. There's room for someone to come in and figure out a solution that's mm-hmm. going to accommodate a lot of people. But mm-hmm. what that is is still to be determined. Well, here's the thing. And you're right. But I'm sure some folks are sitting back saying, how can I capitalize yeah. on this? Whether it's the Uber drivers or whatnot. I wouldn't put my kid in Uber no. either. <laughs> But they're going to have to come up with something because you do have parents to where they either have to be at work and they rely on their kid to get themselves on the bus. Mm -hmm. And if the bus is not able to pick them up uh, right there at their house and then the kid has to walk several blocks, that's not going to work because it depends on the age of the child. You see what I'm saying? It's, It's a trickle effect. And it's just, it's like with this whole COVID thing, it's, just, it's so many components to it. Well, there's a lot that came to light from yeah. COVID as to this is actually not efficient. It's mm-hmm. just a lot of stuff that you saw was pretty janky mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. basically ecosystem and, and economy and how we do things. And now's the time to fix and correct those things and figure out how to do them better than what they were before. But it also brings to light, you know, these are the gaps that we have. And this is... You got to make some changes here. Otherwise, it's just going to get worse. They probably already ha- are having these, but town halls would be good. Just get input from everybody. What What do people think would be a good solution? Because you're probably going to have 90% people that don't have the greatest ideas, mm-hmm. but it's still good to hear from them. Mm-hmm. And then you might get 10% that actually have sensible things that could be implemented and executed. Well, we'll continue to kind of monitor this. I mean, because... You- Honestly, for me, I mean, I'm definitely curious. I mean, it doesn't impact me and my daughter because we're doing the homeschooling. 
and I definitely hope they come up with some solutions. We're definitely um, open to providing some solutions. We're just this podcast is all about solutions driven. You know, we we don't want to just bring these issues, but we're all about coming up with okay, so how can we fix this? How can we make it better? Mm-hmm. And and really kind of sharing our thoughts and our ideas with folks but they're gonna have to do something because if they don't and if this is not on anybody's radar which it should be on everybody's radar they're gonna have to figure it yeah, out i agree so these daggone student loans <laughs> and actually who my quote-unquote service provider was student loans that govern fed student loans or somebody i got an email from some other company that said that my loans had been transferred to them so now I've got a new service provider. They're called Nelnet or something like that. I forget who they are. Wow. So I they even, picked the perfect time to transfer your loans. Exactly. Huh? I haven't um, gone to the website, but I need to because mm-hmm. you know me. I'm trying to hit defer, defer, defer. No, you need to be trying to hit forgive, forgive, forgive. How about that? Yeah, if that button <laughs> pops up, I'm hitting forgive, forgive, forgive. That's what you need to do. So one... You know, before we get into heavy into the discussion, you need to go back to who was your current provider and find out why did they transfer your loans? Because there is a list of providers that actually were not in compliance with the law for the education you know, processes and procedures, and they're in big trouble. Okay. So you might want to see if they were on that list and then they decided to, oh, transfer your loan because they didn't want to forgive your loan. Oh, yeah, I should check that out. Yeah, so that's definitely... My loans were actually transferred years ago, and it actually was with one of those providers that is actually under scrutiny for their bad practices. So what does that mean? It just means that, well, if they would have never transferred my loan, now they're under the microscope, they would have to forgive my loan. Because they were just... The things that they were doing... It was not by really kind of the standards of the education program. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely check and see who was your current provider before they actually transferred it to this new provider. But then still do research on this new provider and and find out if they're on that list. But chances are the new provider is probably not, but they probably could have been. That's why they find a way, the loophole to transfer it so they wouldn't have to forget it. No, I'm going to check that out. I'm definitely going to check that out. But, yeah, this just... I'm over it. He needs to go ahead and forgive these stupid student loans. Biden. Governor, President Biden. He needs to go ahead and stop cherry-picking. Stop picking and choosing. Yeah, stop cherry-picking which ones you want to forgive because I am over it. Now, I think he passed some bill of he's going to forgive $3.9 billion, but it was for those that had loans with ITT. And then some other. Um, Why is that? Why are you picking? Well, because it was more of their practices were really bad. No different than I think DeVry was in that bucket as well because they were sitting here saying that with their success rate is, and you really can't determine oh, yeah, that. That's true. You were really advertising that if you came to this school, it's kind of like you'll be guaranteed to get um, a job. Uh, making this kind of money because I remember DeRock definitely was doing yeah, that. Yeah, I saw commercials. Yeah. I remember those commercials. You don't see those commercials no more. Nope. No, no, no. I don't think any of them are really, really running any commercials, but those are bad practices because you really can't predict that a person is going to, when they complete college or complete the program, that they're going to actually get this right. 70, 80,000 
dollar job a year um you and then your uh placement rate is like 90 something percent you can't predict that no you can't false advertising false advertising so the student loans the student loans actually they've been deferred for everyone since the pandemic and now you know that extension is getting ready to expire the end of august and i'm just over the fact that you know, it feels like we're kind of begging by it to come out and forgive our loans, you know. It shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't it be, should this not hard. be this hard. You know, there everybody is like, is he gonna forgive our loans? Or is he going to give us an, an another extension? Well, constantly giving us all these extensions, how is that helping us? It's not it's just delaying it's, the it's inevitable. Just, yeah, because we're still gonna owe it. Yeah. It's still showing up on Credit reports. It's well, it's it's but it's in good standing. Right. It's still showing up on your credit report in good standing. And here's the thing, make sure it is. So audience, uh check your credit uh, reports, make sure that your student loans are in good standing and they show that you know they just they're deferred. Right. You um, definitely don't want to have those delinquent. Yeah, that you don't want to have those delinquent because I think with that, the the hit on that is you can't I, Yikes. it's hard to recover from that. Yeah. It's worse than when you your GPA plus. Especially when you got like <laughs> I don't know how they broke it out, probably by the number of years I was there, but I got like once I got like six or seven different it's like they broke it out into different Oh yeah, amounts. they they do that. I don't know why, because I mean mine is broken out by at least in twenty different ways and right. it gets confusing. But it could be because maybe it's gonna break out again because your previous provider now has transferred it. So then the account that was with them is going to show zero, zero, zero. Then you have these new accounts with balances. Mm-hmm. It just gets confusing. But this whole trying to extend it, trying to figure it out, people are protesting on it. Just forgive the student loans. And you're just going to have to completely change up the criteria on when people apply. One, you know, I had shared with the viewers, the audience, of my situation on how when I was getting student loans, remember I was a single parent and I would apply and then, you know, the representative would say, well, you know, you can apply for more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I really don't need more. Well, no, well I'm just saying you're a single parent, so you can always apply for more and, you know, it can help cover unexpected, you know, expenses. It can help, you know, cover your rent and all this. And I was like, I can? Okay. So every time I would apply, I would apply for more to help cover expenses. But that applying for more was only getting me further and further in debt. And they weren't forthcoming and probably explaining. No. Just to let you know when you apply for all this, this is what it's going to be. So I think, you know, when young folks are getting these loans, you know, yeah, you, you know, you're getting it, you're getting it for school, but then you have all this excess. And you just see the dollars. You see the dollars, and you don't think about the trickle effect years down the road of when school's out six months later, you got to start paying those student loans back. And the student loan payment could be just ridiculous. Then what? Now you're in a situation because it's like, okay, I wasn't told this. I, I, I gotta, I'm, in, I'm in this for 30 years. I don't want to pay this. That's cool. Well, that's why we got these businesses that we're trying to make money. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine and dandy, but that still does not take it. That doesn't right. relieve us. I'm looking for relief right now. Yeah, so. I think the, I think everybody that actually has student loans are looking for some type of relief. All I have to say is Biden, 
President Biden, if you're listening to this podcast or someone from your camp, do us all a favor and just just go ahead and forgive the loans. We're already in debt by what four or five trillion dollars. Yeah, so go what's ahead another five trillion? <laughs> or another one trillion or two I trillion. think it's two trillion. I, to add another two trillion to that, I mean, you're about to start taxing the rich anyway, so you should be making something. That's out. what they say, but until I actually know they're taxing the rich and the rich is feeling the pain that middle class has been feeling all these years, I'm just really not for that. But no, I just say he just needs to go ahead and forgive the student loans and stop. It's like you just dangling the carrot over our head. And we're just sitting here trying to grab it, and you just keep pulling it up. I'm over it. Right. Forgive the student loans. I don't even want it on my credit. If they, if he forgave student loans, my credit score would probably be 900. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if something is 900, but everybody's credit score would probably that just... would get him reelected. <laughs> <laughs> That would get him re-elected. Yeah, that probably would get you re-elected if you forgive student loans. Yeah. Just, if, just keep that on your radar. If you need a, you know, surprise move, forgive student loans. All right, so before we close out, you know, Anthony and I want to always leave some words um, for thought. And what I want to leave today is it's very important that folks get in the habit if you're not in the habit of saving Mm -hmm. saving your money making smart business decisions just making smart decisions at all when it comes to managing your money when you get money you get a good job don't be so quick to spend the money save the money build up your savings account you know if you're going to purchase something purchase you know some real estate let's start owning things owning the house owning land owning something don't be quick to just blow your money away and what i mean by that is i am over folks getting these bbls just doing stupid stuff with their money i'm just over it and it is i can can go on and (laughs) on and on yes i can go on and on and on and it's just like that's just temporary i mean yeah it's gonna make you look good in that moment but you're not gonna have anything to show for it right start And I'm always telling you this. What what do I always tell you? I tell you, make smart business decisions. I don't care. I'm your mother. I'm going to always tell you that. Make smart choices because the minute you make the wrong move, it is a domino effect. And then you sit in it and you stew in it like, why in the heck did I do that? Right. My mom told me to make smart decisions. (laughs) I'm telling you, when I was your age, I was like that too. But I kid you not, quickly... Quickly, if you make about one or two mistakes, business decisions, when you know you are a single parent or you got a family to support, you see things from a different lens. Right. And ever since then, anything that I do, I'm strategic about it. I sit in it. I ask questions. I do my research. And if I don't feel right in my gut, I don't move on it. Yeah. And that could be just in my personal life. It could be in any business investments. It is very, very smart that we, as people, save our money. Save our money, make smart decisions with our money, and don't be just living in the now. Think about the future. It it goes back to, I only say that to say this. They keep talking about by 2030, there's going to be no more Social Security in the pot. If that's the case, I can tell you right now, I am in my feelings about that because all the money I put into Social Security, then where is my retirement money? Mm -hmm. Then, if that's not there, 
I got to make sure I got enough cushion over here in my 401k. And now 401ks are even horrible with some of these jobs. Because it's not like how it used to be. On how I would, every dollar I put in as an employer, you would match that dollar up to 6%. Yeah. No. Now, a lot of employers are cutting back and they're only putting in, for every dollar I put in, they're pulling one third up to 6%. So the dollar to dollar match, if you happen to find that, then you better stay with that, that employer because yeah. that is rare to find. But now, you got to start being smart. You get a paycheck, you're working for an employer, get into that 401k. K program. Hopefully, some jobs still have pensions. Not too many companies offer pension anymore. But you got to start saving here. You got to start saving uh, at the bank. And then, of course, you know, and then start making those smart business decisions. You know, should I buy this investment house? Should I buy this investment property and flip it and, yeah, and rent it out? It, if you, if you can afford it. That can't afford that, but they can do things, like you said, like put money away in savings. Mm-hmm. They can potentially partner with somebody to do an investment. They can do little simple things like stop eating out so much. Mm-hmm. Stop Cook. trying to mm-hmm. get the latest phone or the latest whatever 90s. it is. Yes. All, all that material stuff, you have to ask yourself, do you need it? And if not... You, you probably don't. You just yeah, want it. You just want it. The want versus the need. Right. But that's just word for thoughts. You know, make smart decisions. Spend your money wisely. Save. Save. is is important to save because you never know when the next rain day is going to come. You just never... At least you... It, it, when you don't it know rains, how hard it's going to rain. You either. don't know how hard it's going to rain. <laughs> and trust and believe me, it is always nice to have a big old nice cushion to be sitting on. Right. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode two season four if you enjoyed what you listened to today please be sure to hit that like and subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you listen share with your family and friends more reviews we would love that we've already got over i think almost 400 reviews on apple Podcasts, which is really good but more written reviews would be great we would appreciate that and we hope you all have a great week until next time peace peace